Good morning, New York Mets and Major League Baseball fans. You're listening to an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am Alfred Parsar Jr., and if you heard me correctly a couple of seconds ago, that is right. I said good morning. It is Monday, June 7th, 2021. At the time of this recording of this episode, it is 8.30 a.m., and we're up bright and early to bring you this special edition of the Metropolitan Report. Usually, we release on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, but because of yesterday's early game, we just decided to come out here on Monday morning and give you the newest report. Uh, once again, the Metropolitan Report is a proud member of the Studious Minds Podcast Network. And here on this podcast, we talk about any and everything New York Mets. And we're going to recap the last couple of games. So we're going to talk about things we liked, things we didn't like, areas of concern, and of course, the current state of the New York Mets organization. So... The Mets come into today as an off day. They just played a four-game series in San Diego. And the Mets are in first place with a record of 29 wins, 23 losses, which is good for a win percentage of 55%. Uh, In the National League East, they are, are trailed by Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves, who sit at 28 wins and 29 losses, three and a half games behind. So the Mets have a three and a half game uh, advantage in the National League East. Uh, that three and a half game lead will not change overnight as the Atlanta Braves are also on an off day today as well. Uh, so to go over the National League East, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies sit at 28 and 30. They're in third place in the NL East. They are four games behind the Mets. The Miami Marlins, 25 wins, 33 losses. They are seven games behind the Mets. And the Washington Nationals, who sit at 24 and 32 in the cellar. They, too, are also seven games behind the Mets. The New York Mets, the winners of two in a row. Uh, Since we last left you here on the Metropolitan Report uh, last Wednesday, the New York Mets uh, defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks in a wild, wild game. Uh, That game, 7-6, the final score in favor of the Metropolitans. Uh, That game nationally televised for free on YouTube uh, what the what the MLB is doing with YouTube in a partnership to give you one free game a week. Uh, great strategic maneuver on the part of Major League Baseball. Um, the Mets took a 4-0 lead in the top of the first. Um, but in that game, I said we were going to talk about causes for concern. I voiced my displeasure all the way from spring training. For those of you who are new to the Metropolitan Report who have not been following this program uh, since spring training because we've been covering uh, the Mets since the very first day of spring training games that they played. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I, I am not a fan of David Peterson. David Peterson is not a Major League Baseball player. Uh, I, I have no faith in Peterson. And I understand that we have Carlos Carrasco and Noah Syndergaard both on the injured list. But when is enough enough? David Peterson had a shaky spring. He continues to have a shaky season. Uh, if we want to go by the numbers, uh, David Peterson, I, I just, I just don't understand it. Like, now, granted, the Mets won, but again, I, I, how much more do you have to see before something gets done? Like, I, I, I just, I just don't understand, David Peterson. He allowed five runs on three hits and walked three batters and only lasted one-third of an inning. For those of you who 
maybe are new to baseball or don't understand baseball, uh, a, a completed inning for a pitcher is three outs. He lasted one-third of the first inning, meaning he only got one out in the first inning before he was pulled. And, of course, Robert Gesellman carried the load for that game for the majority of the game. But it's crazy. You cannot have a starting pitcher who, when he comes out of the game, the bullpen is left to relieve eight and two-thirds innings. That's just unacceptable. If we want to look at David Peterson's numbers, and, again, I don't understand how he's on a major league roster, Furthermore, I don't understand how he's on a first-place team. His quality of starts, and we've seen it again. We've seen it uh, earlier in the season. He he pitched against the Cubs. He pitched against the Phillies. Um, now, now he gets roughed up by the Diamondbacks, who are one of the worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. And, again, I just don't understand how David Peterson is on the roster. He's had 10 starts this season. In those 10 starts, he has one win and four losses. And that means he also has five no decisions. Again, he couldn't get the decision uh, in this game against the Diamondbacks because he he left even though he left the game when they were down, the Mets did later on take the lead uh, way after he was out of the game. His ERA is uh, 5.89, which is not good for a starter. Uh, he has pitched 44 and one thirds innings with a strike with 49 strikeouts. So that's that's not good. Um, again. Everybody wants to harp on, yeah, well, he they, they go, oh, he, he played 10 games last season and went 6-2. and two. His record was better than DeGrom's. But, again, like I've said over and over, I asterisk everything in 2020 only because it was Bizarro World. It was a 60-game season. It was a COVID-shortened season. And like I've said before, David Peterson, before making his Major League debut last year, had never played above double-A ball. He was never a Syracuse Met. The The furthest he went in the organization before making it to the majors was Double A Binghamton. I think that just like with Khalil Lee, who was optioned down to Triple A uh, when Pete Alonso, Kevin Pillar, and Seth Lugo came back to the active roster, I think David Peterson needs to go. Um, the Mets can find uh, uh, another starter elsewhere whether they have to trade for a starter because they've been trading for players. Uh, although he's no longer on the roster, they traded for Cam Maven, even though he's only worth a dollar. Uh, they've traded for Billy McKinney. Uh, they've traded for uh, Wilfredo Tovar. So you you can get a fringe starter or a spot starter in a trade. I'm pretty sure there's somebody else in the minors that you can call up in place of David Peterson. Uh, the Mets have a great prospect in Franklin Killame who... Also made his major league debut last year, although he only pitched in a, in a handful of games. But Franklin Killame is 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 in Syracuse waiting for a chance. Um, Jordan Yamamoto, who's been up and down, back and forth. He's only made three appearances this season, but I mean he can get an opportunity here. Uh, but just anything right now would be better than David Peterson. You cannot be a first place team and have a starter with a with a ERA north of five, who's one in four in ten starts. That, that's not going to get you success. Um, granted, granted, the Mets do hold on for the rest of the season and do make the postseason. Would you would you try would you feel comfortable as a Met fan or even if you were in the organization? Would you would you feel comfortable trotting David Peterson out there to start a playoff game? Absolutely not. Would you trot David Peterson out there from the bullpen? Absolutely not. Now, 
I understand some people are saying, oh, well, the kid can go in the bullpen and have a career as a reliever. Some people will point to Seth Lugo. When Seth Lugo came up in the organization, he came up as a starting pitcher. Okay, I give you that. But he didn't work as a starting pitcher, so he had to go into the bullpen. And now, look, he, he's the setup man for Edwin Diaz, or one of the setup men for Edwin Diaz. But I don't even have faith in David Peterson like that. I, I don't trust, I don't want him in the bullpen. He, he needs to go in the starting rotation of AAA Syracuse. He will still be a Met, but he won't be a New York Met. He'll be a Syracuse Met. The Mets make all these moves, but I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. David Peterson is young, and I understand giving giving the young players a chance. But when when you're at the top of the division and you're trying to maintain a lead, the Atlanta Braves, yes, they're three and a half games back, but they could catch fire at any minute. The All Star break is 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 a, a little over a month away. Anything could happen between now and then. And as we saw in 2019, the Washington Nationals were one of the worst teams in the league leading up to the all-star break in 2019 and what happens they go on to win the world series later that year so anything can happen uh the dog days of summer are like the wild wild west in major league baseball so my personal opinion um david peterson's gotta go go send him back to send i can't even say send him back to triple a because he's never been in triple a but send him to the minors for some more seasoning well and, and like i've said it before with other players like i said when 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 we get more healthier players like, when Pilar came back, I knew Khalil Lee was dead in the water. So, I mean, Carrasco and Thor are both slated to come back in in July, next month. When those two come back, if they do come back, I don't see any spot in the rotation for David Peterson nor Joey Lucchese. But at the same time, we, we are here in June. We're, we're here now. I can't worry about the future, but David Peterson has not looked good at all this season. He's probably had one good start, and that's when uh, the Phillies came to town and uh, back in April. But I have no faith in David Peterson. Um, I, I don't know what more to say. I don't want to seem like I, I don't want to seem like I'm I'm burying the kid, but I I, I just have no faith, no faith whatsoever. He pitches nervous. He looks nervous, body language nervous. Um, for years before this year, Steven Matz was a guy, you know, he, he, mentally, he would make one mistake and would eat at him the rest of his start. And then we sent him to Toronto. So, I mean, and then, and then if, if, if Peterson, and, and it's not like Peterson is not surrounded by decent arms in the rotation. Uh, he's in the same rotation as Jacob deGrom, who we'll get to in a little bit, Marcus Stroman, who we'll also get to in a little bit, and Taiwan Walker, who's looked good for, for, for the most part this season. And he hasn't learned, he hasn't picked up a thing or two, or learned a thing or two? Has David Peterson even tried to pick deGrom's brain? Like, I, I just don't know. But in a rotation as good as the New York Mets starting pitching rotation is, David Peterson definitely, and even though Joey Lucchese also has struggled, uh, I, 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 I just don't want David Peterson on the roster, at least not the active roster. You could put him in the minors, keep him on the 40-man roster. Personally, I would I would designate him for assignment, but that's just me. But David Peterson, he's not a major league starting pitcher. I'm sorry. That little glimpse last year, 6-2 and two and 10 starts, okay, whatever. That was last year. He got these guys because there was no tape on him. And the teams were only playing their regional counterparts, so the Mets played NL East and AL East teams exclusively. 
Of course, you're going to beat up on the Miami Marlins, even though they made the playoffs last year. You were going to beat up on the Baltimore Orioles. The Nationals finished terribly last season. The Phillies didn't make the playoffs. Um, the Red Sox stunk last year. They've done a complete 360 this year, but when you're pitching against those teams uh, over and over and over again and they haven't seen any tape on you, obviously you, you're going to pitch well, but you could take that 6-2 and in 10 starts in 2020 and and flush it down the toilet because, and I said it, a 162-game season, a lot of people are going to be exposed. People who, who players who, who did relatively well last season, they're not going to do relatively well now. But the major news, moving away, shifting gears, the Mets had a four-game set with the San Diego Padres, the Slam Diego Friars, whatever you want to call them. Uh, a really great team, a tremendous team. Uh, I said it last week, Wednesday, on the report. The the Padres were a team I'm afraid of. They're neck and neck with the San Francisco Giants. Imagine me saying that. The San Francisco Giants, first place in the NL West. Still a shock. But they're, they're neck and neck with the San Francisco Giants uh, for that uh, National League West lead. Uh, the Dodgers are also involved in that mix. But the Padres, I said I was afraid of. Now... The Padres coming into this series with the Mets, the four-game series, they did struggle. Previous to this series, they were swept by the Chicago Cubs, who have caught fire in the National League Central. Um, back in April, they were in last place when the Mets visited them at Wrigley. Now, all of a sudden, the Cardinals are are, are the top of the class in the Central. But the, the Cubs swept the, the Padres, so... You know, the the they 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 lost momentum entering the series. Uh Fernando Tatis Jr., arguably the best shortstop in all of baseball. He's been having an oblique issue on and off this season, so he was playing hurt. But the Mets, surprisingly, I, I thought the Mets would only take one game out of that series. They they split. And the Mets looked very competitive. They they lost Thursday's game uh by a run. They got shut out Friday, two nothing. But then the very next day on Saturday, Jacob DeGrom pitches and and six scoreless innings. And then yesterday, the Mets win 6-2 to two off the strength of the Stroh show. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, uh, and I think, the, I think the key to the game, because these were not high-scoring games, uh, the key to the series, Mark Melanson, the San Diego Padres closer, pitched in back-to-back games both Thursday and Friday. So there was no way he would be available Saturday or Sunday. Now, Mark Melanson, for those of you who know, former Atlanta Braves closer, uh, not a superstar closer. He's, he's, not a, he's not a Kirby Yates. He's not a Josh Hader. Uh, he, he's not a Liam Hendricks. He's not an Aroldis Chapman. But he's a darn good closer. And Mark Melanson, it, it, it's mind-boggling to me how the Atlanta Braves just let him walk. Mark Melanson is not a is not a is not a top dollar high money guy. Um out of all the closes right now, he leads Major League Baseball in saves. He is the league leader in save. He has 19 saves and he actually almost blew the save on Thursday night. Uh Travis Blankenhorn came up to the plate for the Mets. Uh Blankenhorn, one of the young acquisitions uh, that they picked up to help with all the injuries, and Blankenhorn just couldn't get the job done. But the Mets did threaten in, in the uh, in the top of the ninth there. And uh, but Melanson is is a good closer, and again, mind-boggling how the Braves let him walk. 
Uh, he has a cheap salary for a guy who's leading the majors in saves right now. He signed a one-year, $3 million deal with the Padres. He'll definitely get re-signed or get a better contract elsewhere uh, if he could keep it up this season. But once Melanson pitched back-to-back uh, and DeGrom comes up Saturday, it was Jacob DeGrom, uh, a.k.a. DeGoat, who's continuing uh, his domination or DeGrominance, as we call it. Uh, it was him against Joe Musgrove on Saturday. Again, DeGrom, six scoreless innings. And I told you, uh, everybody out there who's a critic of Jacob DeGrom, I'm talking to you. I told you, I told you, I told you. Everybody's knock on DeGrom was, oh, he's dominating bad teams. He dominated Washington with no Juan Soto. He dominated the Miami Marlins. He dominated the Colorado Rockies. Well, look, he just dominated the San Diego Padres. He dominated Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Trent Grisham, Tommy Pham, Eric Hosmer, who's in the top 10 of batting average in the National League, uh, Jerickson Profar. He took care of the San Diego Padres. They didn't score a single run that game. So for all of you who say that DeGrom can only dominate against bad teams, I you're sadly mistaken. And and he should have proved it here. Jacob DeGrom. Again, pure dominance. And uh Jacob DeGrom, check out this interesting stat. So Jacob DeGrom is the only pitcher in Major League history to have his first nine starts of the season and have an ERA of 0.62. That is the lowest mark through the first nine starts of a season for any Major League pitcher in history. In history, folks, you want to talk about all-time greats. Tom Seaver, Cy Young, Nolan Ryan... Roger Clemens. The list can go on. But none of them have accomplished that. Sandy Koufax. None of them. None of them have accomplished that. You want to talk about your favorite pitchers in, around the league? You Darvish. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, who, by the way, since uh, Major League Baseball is enforcing this new uh, banned substance for pitchers now because you know they've, they've been using a substance on the bill of their caps or on the rosin bag to grip baseballs that's a guy Garrett Cole since they've announced they're cracking down on that he can't seem to pitch to save his life but this is a Mets podcast so enough of that but yeah your favorite pitchers you Darvish Garrett Cole Trevor Bauer Clayton Kershaw Walker Bueller Shane Bieber they, they're not accomplishing this type of stuff. They're not. Jacob DeGrom, this is probably the greatest season of any starting pitcher in history. Let's, let's, let's go by the stats. Since we want to talk Jacob DeGrom, he's got nine starts, five wins, two losses, an ERA of 0.62. The lowest through nine starts to start a season in Major League history. 58 innings pitched, 93 strikeouts. And that's just his pitching stats. He's swinging at the plate too. In 23 at-bats this season, 
He's batting 391. Out of everybody on the Mets active roster, Jacob deGrom has the highest batting average out of anybody. Higher than Lindor, higher than Pete, higher than Dom Smith, higher than James McCann. So imagine that. The man's batting 391. Every game, he seems to get a hit. He didn't get a hit uh, Saturday in San Diego, but there's only been two games this season that he's pitched where he's been uh, held hitless at the plate. Starting pitchers usually don't get hits like that. In seven game, in seven out of the nine games he's started, he's gotten at least one hit. Mind you, he's battling injuries too. He spent time on the IL with the lat inflammation, the right side tightness. Say what you want about the goat, but he is—he is—he's looking like the goat right now. Yeah, sure, his win-loss record's not the best because he hasn't gotten any run support in the past. But if he was a San Diego Padre, if he was a New York Yankee, a Boston Red Sox, a Los Angeles Dodger, he would have a Houston Astro, even an Oakland Athletic. He'd have more wins for his career, and probably a couple less losses. This is a heck of a season that we're seeing from Jacob DeGrom. I, I honestly, have, I've been watching baseball since 1996, since I was a kid. I've been watching baseball since I was five years old, religiously. And I've never seen a pitcher with my own two eyes have a season like this. We're going to take a break. And after the break, we are going to... Look at the Mets offense, and then we're going to predict the next couple of games. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar Jr., and this is the Studious Minds Podcast Network. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man, Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. Do you have an event that needs a design? How about planning? You can take care of all your event needs with ARJ Signature Design, run by Alnisa Reed Jenkins, where you can get custom floral designs, event designs, set designs, as well as retail and commercial installs. You can get all that done by Alnisa Reed Jenkins of ARJ Signature Design with event planning and event designing, and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design, and you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Miss Reed Jenkins at arjsignaturedesign.com. They do a great job. And again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's arjsignaturedesign.com for your free consultation now. And we're back on the Metropolitan Report. I am Alfred Parsar Jr., and before the break, I did say that we were going to get to the Mets' offense, so let's talk about it. The Mets' offense has finally started to cook. They are on fire. They've woken up. I know I've been very critical of the $341 million man, Francisco Lindor. I know I have been calling him Ray Ordonez 2.0 because, for the most part, all he was doing was playing defense. 
But Lindor, he's got his batting average over 200. He's at 218. In his last seven games, he's batting 355. You want to go deeper than that? His last 15 games, batting 279. In the last 15 games, batting 279, uh, he's had 61 at bats. Out of the 61 at bats, he's 17 for 61. That includes two home runs, five RBIs. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he's only got five RBI. Well, when you're batting in the two hole, you're the, you're the second guy up. It's very hard to drive in runs in that part of the lineup. But uh, Lindor is starting to wake up. And I, I did say in previous editions of the report that I do want to see him uh, succeed. Uh, I did say I'll give him till when the weather gets warm to step it up. We are in June. The weather is going to get warm. There are not going to be any more nights in City Field where you'll see people with ponchos and hoodies and jackets in the stands. It's going to be jerseys and short sleeve weather uh, coming real soon. So uh, Lindor batting 218, uh, still uh, two ticks down below the Mendoza line. But I do believe that Lindor, if the weather, uh, well, not if, but when the weather gets warmer, he's going to start raking in City Field. Uh, James McCann, another guy, been on a tear lately. Uh, he's improved his average. He was hitting below 202 for a long time. He's up to 228. Uh, you want to go to his last 15 games, batting 265, 49 at bats, 13 hits in that time span, 13 RBI, five home runs, uh, batting 357 in the last seven games. So James McCann has woken up as well. Pete Alonso, who came off the IL within the last week, he's batting 248. There was at one point in the season he was batting 280. But in his last seven games, he's batting 308. The last seven games, he's had 26 at-bats, eight hits in that time span, one homer, six RBIs. So uh, the Mets are cooking. Dom Smith as well. Let's take a look at Dominic Smith, uh, who is one of my favorite players on the roster. He's bolstered his average up to 260, which is an improvement. A couple of weeks ago, he was down in the 220s, batting an impressive 400 in his last seven games. If you want to do a deeper dive, 292 in the last 15 and 289 in the last 30 games, which is tremendous. Uh, Dom Smith has woken up and found his stride, it does seem, uh, for the California native. Uh, Dom Smith in the last 30 games, uh, two homers, 12 RBIs, and 13 walks. So very impressive there by Mr. Smith. And of course, uh, we, we can't forget the emergence of Tomas Nito, who has been playing so well offensively that he and James McCann are now splitting reps at catcher. Um, for on, the, on the year, Nito is batting 258, 66 at bats, three homers, 11 ribbies, uh, with an on-base plus slugging, an OPS of .764. Uh, Tomas Nito uh, doing a heck of a job here. And um, and shout-outs to Kevin Pillar, who two-and-a-half weeks ago took that fastball to the face. We're now approaching three weeks this week. And he's come back to the lineup, and he's hitting, uh, batting 250 in his last seven games. It's amazing that he even still has eyesight after uh, what he went through. So this, this, this New York Mets roster, the offense is starting to come together. You even got fringe guys like Billy McKinney, a guy who wouldn't even be on the roster 
if it weren't for all these injury issues, batting 250 in his last seven games as well. Uh, we've seen power out of Jose Peraza, um, another bench guy. So this is all encouraging, batting 240 in the last seven games. So the Mets offense starting to come around. Um, even even guys like Jonathan VR who have been solid all year uh, in a limited role, batting 248, 348 in his last seven games. And if you want to do a deeper dive, last 15 games, 288. So uh, the, the starting pitching, the bullpen have been great so far this year and and now the hitting the 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 Mets offense was one of their uh biggest focal points for anybody to call out if uh if the Mets had any, any detractors but now they seem to be firing on all cylinders in the offense consistently a lot of these guys hitting very well the last seven the last 15 games and that's a, a major part of the reason why they're going to continue or they should be able to continue I should say to hold that first place lead with a three and a half game advantage um let's look at the schedule here as mentioned at the top of the show uh the Mets uh do have an off day today they go to Baltimore for two games tomorrow and Wednesday uh they have another off day Thursday and then they start the uh homestand three games against the San Diego Padres and then four games against the Cubs so it's going to be a very interesting couple of days uh, due to the funky schedule that the Mets are having. Normally, the Metropolitan Report releases bi- bi-weekly on Sundays and Wednesdays. Because of uh, the two off days uh, of this week, we're releasing today, which is Monday. And then we're going to go ahead and uh, have another edition on Thursday. So uh, I want to see how they play against Baltimore on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'm not going to make any predictions for the homestand until our Thursday episode. But uh, the Mets looking real good. I believe they're going to sweep Baltimore. They're going to take both of those games without a shadow of a doubt. Um, The Mets, I mean, David Peterson is scheduled to start Tuesday. This might have to be a game where uh, the bullpen bails him out. Like I said, I have no faith in David Peterson. But uh, his opposition is Bruce Zimmerman who in 10 games for the Orioles this season is 3-3, three and three, 4.96 ERA. Uh, so they're me- a mediocre arm going for uh, the Orange Birds. And we're trotting out David Peterson. Uh, but going on to Wednesday's game, uh, the projected pitching matchups, Taiwan Walker versus the former Dark Knight of Gotham, one Mr. Matt Harvey. Um, the last time the the Mets saw Matt Harvey, which was in City Field uh, last month, the, uh, they they hammered Matt Harvey. Uh, I don't expect anything less. I think it's, it's going to be the same outcome. So, um, I think the offense will that it, they've been hot. They have this momentum. I don't think the road trip from the West Coast coming back to the East Coast is going to bother these guys. So. I think the New York Mets are going to be fine. They're going to sweep that Baltimore series. When we come back on the report on Thursday, uh, we will uh, give the previews of the homestand with the three games against the Padres and the four games against the Cubs. Um, But at this point, I've said everything that there is to say. And the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets! <laughs> 